This podcast is brought to you by Built to Coach. The most important investment a coach can make to de-risk their fitness business is simply being undeniable in their field. Guys, welcome back to the Built for Life podcast. Um, I've been given permission to do the intro uh, this week, so the power is really getting to my head. <laughs> um, welcome, Mark's here, Rose Rue. Say I'm hi. Good. I know Rue's back with us. You I'm get you get, a, you get a little sneak peek at Mr. Rudy McCall every now and then until he goes back into his cage. <laughs> <laughs> he always seems so nervous to start with, doesn't I he? Because I am nervous to start with. <laughs> <laughs> I only come up once every three months. <laughs> <laughs> he's got piercing eyes on him right now. His mum and dad are, are making sure that he's, he's going to deliver today. And he always feels a little bit of pressure, but it's okay. It's mm. like sports day back in the day, isn't it? Your mum and dad used to come and watch you used to shit yourself. <laughs> I used to come watch me perform and win everything. As far as <laughs> well, look, it's, it's probably the magic of us being here then. You're just going to perform. You're going to perform well. Um, so I know that we've spoke about a, a topic that probably is on most people most people's minds right now. Um, which is the C word. Yep. And we don't mean cunt. No, we don't mean cunt as much as we say cunt quite a lot. Is not the word cunt. Um, it's Christmas. Rue, what are you doing for Christmas, mate? I'm back home. Back home for about two days. I'll probably have one whiskey and chill with my sisters and get back to the tune. That's it. Nice, nice, nice and quiet. What's your, what's your whiskey of choice? You know what? I don't actually know my whiskeys. <laughs> whatever, whatever mum's got in the cupboard or whatever grandpa's stumbling over to get is what I'll have. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have what I'm giving. Nice. How about you? Uh, I am. What am I doing for Christmas? I'm spending it, I think, potentially with my parents, my sister, Joanne's mum, her partner and his son. Uh, but we're trying to work out logistics of where that's going to be. Are you home for Christmas? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's nice. You know, know this? That? No, I didn't. I've told you this. Did you? Aye. Bit, it's probably... really bold that you expect me to remember I know, that's true. Say. Whenever I've spoken about Christmas, you've probably been thinking about the other C word. Yeah, <laughs> just like, shut this, <laughs> shut this cunt up. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's what I'm going to be doing for Christmas this year. Um, Joanne really wanted to come back, so we had to, you know, I need to keep my wife happy. Happy wife, happy life. Exactly. Exactly. What about you? Uh, we're going to Paul's mum and dad's, so we'll go and see my mum and the kids and all that uh, Christmas morning when my dad inevitably buys like enough chipolatas for two people but tries to stretch them amongst eight. Every every family does that. Every Never buy year, enough man. pigs and blankets. I'm actually going to take, like because it's just breakfast, so obviously when you're having your Christmas dinner, I don't really like fuck with Christmas breakfast because I feel like if I had a breakfast on Christmas, oh. I would need to go have a lie down. And I'm sorry, but I'm saving myself for the main event. 100%. Like, I'm going all in. So, um, but he does, like, because the, the rain's come fucking starving. It's like one loaf and, like, it's like Jesus with fucking <laughs> the loaves and fishies trying to make it stretch. So, inevitably, we'll go to my mom and dad's and me and Paul share half a fucking chipola each. Because um, I like to see the girls open their presents. And then we'll go to Paul's mom and dad's. And uh, last year, no... Two years ago, <laughs> me and Paul's dad shared the cooking. He loves to cook, so they are. So we shared the Christmas dinner cooking, and it was a fucking disaster. <laughs> it was um, we went to Kirsty's sister's house, so he wasn't in his own kitchen. And as a cook, I can understand it's very stressful cooking in a kitchen that's not your own. You don't know where everything is. You don't know how all the equipment works. Like you don't know. You need to know your own oven. You need to know yeah. your own temperatures. Um, and Kirsty bought a microwave specifically for. Christmas day and it was an absolute shanner. It was taking like 15 minutes to heat up oh, the soup and all that. No. It was like kitchen nightmares. I went full Gordon Ramsay. I just got drunk. <laughs> um, so yeah, we've, we have an agreed system now where I make the soup and the cheesecake and he does everything oh. else. I might sneak in a roast potato though because my roast potatoes are, and I'm, I will 
honestly fight anyone who thinks they make better roast potatoes than me. You, want to, start this? You, <laughs> you want to start this? To, to be fair, I found Rory up at the train tra station earlier on and said they were all going to Jane's and she was going to make his eggs and then he started acting like Billy Big Bollocks saying that he made better eggs than Jane and then Jane slaved away for about 40 minutes in front of his and then produced the most world-class calorie-controlled yep. eggs. That's it. Mm. Fantastic. Halloumi. Bacon, sourdough, rocket, but mushroom, chili jam. Oh, it was fucking. What can I say? I'm an asshole. I love, I love, I love coming up and seeing my parents and getting, getting, getting fed by mum and dad. It's Your brilliant. Mom, <laughs> it's literally like you've been away at boarding school for a few months. Literally. <laughs> but my real parents actually wish they could have actually sent me to a proper one. <laughs> <laughs> right, so let's get on to the topic of Christmas then. Jen, what did you want to discuss? Well, there's a common. So, as somebody who really has struggled with Christmas my whole life, right? For the most part, I don't really like Christmas. And sometimes when you say that, people take it like personally offensively because it's almost like they love Christmas and they've got all these happy Christmas memories. So by you saying that you don't really like Christmas, it's almost like they can't accept it as true. It's almost like they need to like convince you that Christmas is this great thing because Christmas yeah. is a great thing for them. And it's just not, it's just never really, I've had a lot of horrible Christmases when I was with my ex and stuff like that. Every Christmas was just like, dra like drama for the whole podcast episode of me just telling you Christmas-based stories. Um, so I've never really loved it. I feel like it's a lot of pressure. I'm also a fucking freak. So if I spend too long around people, I find it exhausting. I don't like the pressure to enjoy yourself. I don't Amen. like having to sit in my house with a fucking outfit on. Like, I'm in the house. I know. Let me just like, put something comfy on, man. I, I don't want to have to put on a fucking heel boot and a pair of tights to sit in my mum-in-law's house that I sit in every week. Do you to know be, what I mean? To be fair, I don't think it's acceptable that I would sit around with my boys out. So that's the only reason why I feel like I have to put something on. Are you using no matching, uh, no matching Christmas jammies? <laughs> Listen, no. Lately, me and Joanna have been getting into that routine around Christmas. They're like, not matching jammies, but she'll get me jammies. I'll get her jammies. Aye. To be fair, I never bought her jammies when you're normal. Used to, used to do it for her Aye. and I fucking never heard the end of it so yeah. I'm under <laughs> a lot of stress and pressure every single year and sometimes I leave it to like the 23rd she goes oh I can't wait to see what Christmas jammies you've got me and I'm like, like fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> mate, straight, straight, straight to the shop man everything that's left like pure like lingerie and know. you know like, sex all, 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 all more 90s I, I was like this is not the vibe she's looking for when she's, uh, when she's watching the Grinch <laughs> so um, I continue <laughs> Aye, so I, I think there's a lot of pressure and expectation that you need to love it and enjoy it and I think that for a lot of people that pressure just like clouds the whole thing and it's not that I, I don't dislike it and I would say as I got older and I have more Christmases with Paul we have a thing where we make like a new tradition every year so and we also went on our first date like round about Christmas time. So there's loads of nice things to celebrate. We'll always make sure that we've got loads of stuff kind of sorted with each other. But for me, Christmas has always been filled with dread because I'm a lifelong binge eater. Yeah. So for me, there would always be that initial dread of Christmas is coming. Food is going to be abundant. There's an expectation to drink. And when I drink, it's only inevitable that I will overeat. Mm -hmm. And I remember last year, like I was so fucking burnt out. Like I was just emotionally drained you were like a corpse walking last I year I actually man. was like and I honestly feel like I just I had to survive up until Christmas and as soon as I finished up for Christmas I just collapsed into a heap and it was almost like I went into this blind eating and drinking like fest that I just I hadn't done the years previously yeah. so it was like what the fuck is going on here 
And I honestly think so much of the pressure and expectation cramming people in, like all of that shit, it puts such a cloud on it that it's it's only inevitable that I think that dread, that fear starts to come round of like, how am I going to navigate it? Like, will I still be able to do my normal things that I do on a day-to-day like, am I actually going to enjoy myself? Like, what if there's all this pressure to enjoy myself and I don't enjoy myself? Like, and then you, you need to put a people... mask that you're enjoying yourself uh-huh. as well, you know? Uh-huh. So and draining. It's like, and it can be so much to the point where you're like, is there actually any fucking point in this? We actually considered going on holiday over Christmas, but... Do it. Like, Best thing you'll ever do. We looked at it, it was extortionate. We were looking to go to fucking Lanzarote and it was like two and a half grand By for the flights. By the way, the, like, the islands these days are fucking ridiculous price-wise. So it just, it, it never worked out, but... Again, that would have just been avoiding the problem. But I think that there was something I was speaking to the guys about a couple of uh, Mondays ago, and it was about just this time of year as a whole, and it's not even so much about Christmas. I feel like Christmas is the looming thing that defines it, but I feel like this time of year specifically, like traditionally I would have given up on everything by this point in the year. Like I would have just mentally checked out of everything. My Christmas eating would have started now. Like I would be fucking... I would be in the depths of a binge by now. And I think that when I look at people who make good progress in terms of behaviour change, the people who progress at this time of year are always the people who are successful in the long term. 100%. Because Mm -hmm. it's not even just so much that they're not defined by the changes in season, but that they anticipate the change of season and change their behaviour to suit it. Correct. And that's one of the biggest things that like, I notice with people where... Like and I've done this as well this year where I've recognised that like when it's dark and fucking cold and miserable I live in Scotland and I've lived in Scotland every year of my life so every winter it's going to be dark, cold and miserable so like I can never change that but what I can do is adjust my own routine to suit like the fact that I'll be more tired I'll probably want more sleep I probably won't, won't want to go out walking at night like I probably won't want to get out my bed fucking at arse o'clock in the morning when it's bright and sunny and like relatively nice weather it's long days, all that shit's easier. So, like, I just adjust and adapt my routine to suit what my needs are at this time of the year. And I think, like, for a lot of people, I watch them struggle so much with their definition of progress at this time of year because it always comes from a place of panic and undo. So I think people get to this point and they go, fuck, I was supposed to be a size eight by now mm-hmm. and I'm nowhere near that. So I need to use this next six weeks to fucking restrict, claw back, undo. I'm not where I was in the summer. Like you're not where you were in the summer because you were only focusing on your fucking summer holiday. You weren't focused on actually building the skill for all year round. Um, I need to claw back. I need to undo. I've got my Christmas night out coming up. And all, all that sense of urgency to then just get to Christmas and fuck it all off anyway, which is exactly what I did last year. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think the people who make progress at this time of year specifically are the people who are operating so much from their vision that the conditions that they're working in right now don't actually matter. And although there is that wee bit of like fear and anticipation around Christmas, like how will I navigate it? Will I be okay? Like I already have my game plan set up so that it can be how do I add my kind of joy and fun in? Mm -hmm. Like how do I add in what makes me feel happy and good and well instead of being like, oh, I've got fucking 16 people to visit in four days when I've not seen them since last Christmas. See if I've not seen you since last Christmas, you can go fuck yourself. There's a reason why. (laughs) (laughs) 100%. But I think all that mountain pressure leaves people trapped at this time of year and paralysed. And I think that's why so many people just mentally check out a health and fitness journey because they paralyze themselves so much with the undue pressure and the, oh my God, what's going to happen there 
that they just feel so trapped, they they lose a definition of what progress actually means. Yeah. And I think as well, see, when you give someone someone that's struggling a way out, they'll always take it. Because a really important kind of framework and perspective that I gave to the guys this week was that this time of the year is inherently difficult to navigate for people that perhaps have always wanted a certain type of result, but catastrophize and sabotage themselves year long. And they feel guilty for their actions and they feel guilty for the decisions that they make and the work that they're not doing, the results that they're not getting. But these same people don't feel guilty over the Christmas period Mm -hmm. because people to some degree are lowering themselves to their level. Because obviously a lot of people who work hard year round are in great shape, are working towards incredible goals and results for themselves on the surface, do pull back a little bit. They lower their standards a little bit. And when people usually tend to do that and spend time with individuals who wish they operated like that year round, they normally feel guilty. They feel more more connected now because the people who seem out of reach are now coming down to their level. And that tells me a lot about the kind of mindset that that person would be in instead of wanting to push yourself to the levels that potentially you could be inspired by and proud of. You would rather people come down to your level mm-hmm. you would you would rather people take a step down and make you feel better about yourself for not putting the work in rather than seeing what you're actually capable of and where you can push to and i think that can be such a revolutionary insight for a lot of people if they've never realized it before because why would you not want to do the work and get to the level that you could be proud of yeah. why would you want people to lower their standards to be where you are and the thing is we see this year round with the way that people comment on what other people are doing so like if your 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 loved ones your friends your families any any member of your close circle are going through like a transformational change people will always make comment on what they're doing or oh, do you not think you're taking this a bit too far mm. now you're looking a wee bit too skinny yeah. you better watch it and be careful i was actually talking to to my wee sister this morning and she mentioned that someone had said to her along the lines of oh you'd better watch out and take care of yourself and make sure you stay safe out there it's really windy it's fucking really windy. What's the wind no, going to do? I'm looking out. I know, I know, Mr. I know, I know because <laughs> she talk, because she talks about going out and like doing her steps and the 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 rain and the the wind. And I'm like, we live that, in Scotland, we, we never live, get them done. We live in Scotland, <laughs> exactly. But that's the thing. People are so off put by some of the most simple circumstances. They look at the color of the sky, the weather. They look at the news and they allow that to create an economy in their mind that they buy into and they believe. They get so so shrouded by by everything else that they consume instead of actually listening instinctively to, to what they want to do. Mm. And that's such a big thing at Christmas because I know for a fact the people that always come to us after Christmas, they felt like they had a game plan in place to begin with and feel like they never upheld their side of the deal and their side mm. of the bargain are always the ones that come back riddled with that guilt, that shame, that yeah. frustration. And they're always the people that struggle to build momentum in the new year. Mm-hmm. They always are. And when you enter into a new year and what you believe to be a new chapter. For many people, it's not that we should look at it, but many people will like to close chapter of a book and move on to the next one. When you enter into a new chapter, doing all the same shit that you always did, Mm -hmm. you're just going to keep on achieving all the same shit you always did. And for many people, that is mediocre at best. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is that you're only creating more distance for yourself and actually getting the thing, right? 100%. Because I feel like 
this time of year specifically, it fucks me off so much because we are marketed at constantly around fad diets, weight loss. Like, as a woman, your worth is attached to your size for your entire life. Like, your value and worth as a person is always determined by your fucking size. They market so much shit at us constantly, like, time after time after time after time. But when it's Christmas... Oh, eat whatever the fuck you like, because everybody's eating what they like, right? Yeah. Oh, drink. If you're drunk every day, that's absolutely fine, because everybody's drunk every day. It's celebrated and encouraged at Christmas and marketed directly at you to overeat. I've got a fucking binge eating disorder that I'm in recovery from. Do you not think that an invitation to overeat is my fucking idea of an absolute dream? We're all doing it. You don't need to feel any shame. You don't need to feel any guilt, because guess what? We're all eating in abundance. Great. But do you know what? You stop eating in abundance after two weeks. It'll take me two months. Aye. And that's the that's the difference. Is that, and then see if you're not engaging in that behaviour exactly as you say, what's wrong with you? It's Christmas. Why are you worried about calories at Christmas? Aye. And it's like, no, I'm not. I'm worried about the impact that it's going to have on me for the next two fucking months. And I said this to you recently, but like, I'm so excited. to. Ha- this will be the first January of my life. I'm 31 years old. And this will be the first January of my life since I was a young teenager that I'm not starting again. Mm. That I'm not starting the year with an intention to be as small as I possibly can. And that's taken me like, what, 16, 17 years to get to that point where I don't start January with, I need to lose as much weight as I possibly can. And it just, it fucks me off so much how quickly that narrative snaps. And then in January, they say, stop drinking. Yep. Don't drink a fucking thing. Get on your diet. Get to Slim World. Eat your special K. And it's so frustrating because then people are left to navigate this on their own and question what's the right or the wrong thing. And the challenge is, is that you're never going to stop wanting the thing until you get it, mm-hmm. right? You're never going to stop wanting to have a good relationship with your body, to feel like you live as a healthy person. If that's something you've tried to get year after year after year, you're never going to stop wanting it. But by continuing to engage in these common socially acceptable rituals and practices, you're only creating more distance between you wanting the thing and you getting the thing. Hmm. There is definitely a big culture around Christmas and it's it's just loads of excuses really it's 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 there's more opportunity for you to make an excuse for not doing what you're meant to be doing like exactly what you said about people's it's expected for you to get pissed it's expected for you to binge eat like example last year myself i'd, I'd just lost my dad and i was i was quite down so i chose not to drink i chose to on christmas day instead of drinking with everyone i went off and the first half marathon i'd ever done um absolutely loved it came back among aunties and uncles slated us <laughs> they absolutely slated us. How like, why, is that? You why ran at half marathon yeah. on Christmas Day got, and slag for it. I got absolutely Mental. slated. They're like, why are you not drinking? Why are you not having fun? Like, I am having fun. Like, this is my definition of fun. Like, I am enjoying my Christmas a lot more by genuinely looking after myself, knowing that, because for a lot of people, and especially this time of year, seasonal depression, mm. big thing. Yeah, It's going to be much more likely that your standards may slip because you're not going to have the emotional control to tell yourself not to let those standards slip. And the culture around Christmas is to do all these things. So like, why at this time of year, if you want to uphold your values at every other month in the year, why does that change at Christmas just because everybody else is doing it? Why should you start adhering to other people's values at Christmas time when you uphold your own values the rest of the year? It's like, again, summertime. Like, 
you've got people going to the pubs and day drinking and more of that sort of stuff. But we don't tell people at summertime like, oh, go out and have fun and do your drinking and all mm. that. We say, no, we say maintain your integrity, keep your training, keep your diet and don't go out drinking as much. Why does that change at Christmas time? Mm. Mate, it's such a good point as well. And I honestly believe that your success as an individual is your ability to tolerate the stress that comes with being able to make choices that other people won't make yeah. and to isolate yourself and be a bit of a loner and, and be okay with people passing judgment on you or pulling you down or making comments about what they think you should do and that you shouldn't do something that you really want to do. I think your success is in somewhat very much tied to how much you can block out that noise and block out that bullshit and not accept the fact that other people think that they know you best with what you should be doing to make yourself feel good because it either works for them or at the same time they've never really experienced how how living that life on the flip side can be and you've made a very important point there as well like not only seasonal depression but christmas can bring up a lot of feelings and emotions for lost loved ones mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. like first christmas without your dad many people will have had first christmases without their mums their dads their grandparents their brothers their sisters their aunties their uncles like everyone experiences like intense intense loss and if anything it's an opportunity for you to to focus on how you can make yourself feel better how you can cherish the relationships that you've lost how you can connect and build new relationships with mm -hmm. people around you because i know when you're experiencing loss as well sometimes it looks as though you you've you've only lost what you cared about most on that occasion mm -hmm. but you've still got so much more to be grateful for and happy for and i think for me like knowing knowing any any loss that i've been through or any period of grief that i've been through i've always had to have that therapeutic outlet of training not as a distraction but for therapy because yep. if i'm inside my head and i'm grieving and i'm 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 struggling because i've experienced loss I've got so many thoughts bouncing about inside my head. Like I'm so driven by emotion and what allows me to feel better and in control of those thoughts going through my head by exercise. Mm -hmm. What exacerbates how I feel and makes me even more emotional is the more food I eat and the more drink I drink. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it's such a double-edged sword, but because most people are driven <laughs> reactively by those emotions, they will engage with the things that allow them to suppress how they feel which yeah. is the emotions you know so yep. they will engage in more things to try and avoid how they feel yep. to get that hit of dopamine but then they consume it to the point where it it's detrimental to them like yeah. how many people break down crying when they're fucking pissed about all their life problems and i know a lot of people say because of how the brain functions that what people say when they're drunk isn't always gospel which yeah. is true as well but sometimes there is truth in things mm. <laughs> you know how people break down and they're emotional and we've been in this job a very long time like we've all been doing this a very long time you've played a high level of sport for a very long time Rue. you'll understand people's behaviors like on the lead up to big games you could have pinpointed anxiety in a teammate a mile away mm -hmm. because you know what their behaviors are like they're, they're charismatic maybe outside um outside of games in the changing room they're the they're the lad inside the, the dressing room they're always cracking the jokes and then if they're a bit quiet you you're like you know what there's not something on the bus yeah it's on the bus it's on the ten, bus 10 minutes before yeah. you get to the game 10 minutes yeah. before you turn up is it gets quiet yeah and it's chatting it's quiet and you're a behavior change expert jen you know what i mean and i've just worked with so many people now that i can pinpoint when someone's thinking a certain way yeah. through the way that they're conducting themselves and they don't even have to say anything it's in their body language mm -hmm. it's in their eyes you can see it and i think I think because you can read people like that so well, you can see the truth in and what they're and what they're saying. Like yeah. when they get to that point, like you can see it in their eyes, you can feel it in you can feel it in their words, even though they're drunk, you know there's some truth there because you've seen how they were using those things to cope. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that's that's a really key part, I think, of why so many people struggle at this type time of year. And particularly around Christmas is because so many of your coping mechanisms are removed. And this is such yeah. an important way to think of it. And now the way that I approach it is that like which coping mechanisms need to remain a priority for me 
for me to actually be able to enjoy this time yeah. of year, right? Just a reminder that this podcast is sponsored by Built to Coach. And if you're interested in learning more about exactly how you can apply this process, you'll want to check out the show notes where you'll find the link to work with us closely in January on exactly this issue. So, like, sorry, I just need to get it up. Um, I'm, I've uh, picked my finger and it's bleeding. To be fair, I actually thought she was going for the chulos cookies. <laughs> that are sitting there. I, I thought she was going to she's, 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 she's in the middle of talking about, like, <laughs> enjoyment of food over Christmas and binge eating disorders. She's, like, getting triggered. I'm triggering myself. I, I need to finish that chulos cookie. We're off the to cookie. the pub after this, aren't we? <laughs> 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 you just can go to the pub. I'm going back to chulos. Oh, oh, screw that. I don't want to be sad tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, so that that's, I think, why so many people struggle with it is because they actively remove all of their usual coping mechanisms and then wonder why they're not having a good time. And like exactly like you were saying, Rue, about seasonal depression, I think so many more people struggle with that than what they recognise. Yep. And like, I've, I mean, <laughs> there's that, you remember that Spider-Man meme? And it's like my seasonal depression, my actual depression and my conditional depression yeah, yeah, yeah. and all of that. <laughs> Me. Um, so like sometimes it is hard to pinpoint like which thing is which. And I think like this is where I think a lot about the people who are successful at this time of year is that they engage with things that fuel a certain state of mind. Mm. So they will engage with things that, that fuel a state of mind to help them to think in a certain way. It doesn't mean that they don't feel sadness. It doesn't mean that they don't feel that sense of, I can't be fucking arsed with this. Like they don't not feel those things, but it's more that they choose to engage with behaviours that generate a certain state of mind so that the impact of feeling those things isn't as huge. And like, obviously I've battled with mental illness my entire life. This is my first ever unmedicated winter since I was like 15, I think, when I first when I first went on medication. So this is the first time I've navigated this time of year without like antidepressant or antipsychotic medication. It's been, it's been fucking hard, aye, right? Aye, aye, aye. She's been a fucking cycle. And there's been, <laughs> there's been certain points that I've been like, I don't think I can do this. Like I think I'm going to need to go back on it. And thankfully I've been able to persist and I've not, but that's because... My whole life is literally structured around coping mechanisms. Like, I go to therapy every fortnight, like, religiously, like, engage in my training, loving my training, thanks to Mr. Rumical, the group. Very big big shout out to the... I got a big middle finger in the group chat. <laughs> <there. laughs> to be fair, I was middle fingering myself. <laughs> to be fair, if you're not part of the Built for Life program or the Hybrid Athlete Project, you are fucking missing out on the buzz. Yeah, oh, 100%. Like, I have such a newfound, like, love for my training no offense hey. Hey. <laughs> to, be, to be fair but before we brought Rue on we were slowly but surely getting into this realm slowly but yeah, surely yeah, but yeah. now that he's come in we've just went fully in man yeah, we've just, just went full on hybrid take reins, haven't we take the reins big man yeah um, so like my whole life is structured around all of those coping mechanisms so that when I do feel the impact it's not fully detrimental it's something that I can navigate it doesn't make it any less hard and it doesn't mean that I'm not experienced like I'm fucking raw dog in emotion for the first time ever like it ain't fun do you know what I mean like I can't believe people have been feeling these things this whole time because I've just been numbing it with medication for 17 years um so it is it is challenging but I do think that people who persist at this time of year particularly do so because they increase their capacity for challenge. Oh, yeah. So because they actively choose to engage with consistent challenging situations, their capacity for challenge widens so much that when the challenging situations move away, like, everything else feels like a fucking breeze. So 
Sorry, what you what you gonna say? I wasn't meaning to interrupt. That's there okay. At all. <laughs> yeah. You're um, like tend to. Did you see the cogs turning? <laughs> you look like you're about to cast yourself. It's a <laughs> fucking podcast, mate. Just fire in. Oh. You honestly look like you're going to cast yourself. I'm just conscious. I interrupt people all the time. <laughs> I can see you like. He's like the chair. He's in the fucking water and he's here, man. Well, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but is that not literally the definition of toughness? Is the it's it's not the the absence of emotion and it's not being callous it's it's being able to understand yourself on a on a, on a deep level and understand how you've got the men developing the mental toolkit to navigate through emotion and tough times yeah. as opposed to just being hard yeah. like the kind of if you think of a tough person you'd think of i don't know dwayne johnson or you'd think of like March with him. March with him. I think of Jen Rollins. <laughs> I think of Jen Rollins. But that's exactly it's, it's it's being able to handle these emotions, understand these emotions, and know that you have the toolkit to navigate through it. And that's exactly what you're doing this yep. year yourself. Like this big challenge, huge challenge, and extremely tough. But yeah. you know that you are building and have the mental toolkit to navigate through it. Yeah, and, and, it's the, and it's the vulnerability to say as well, like, I'm, I'm not too sure what this is going to throw at me, but I'm going to give it my best go. Yeah. And I know that I need these coping mechanisms in place to support me. Like, I think a lot of people shy away from saying I need these things to to keep myself stable, to keep myself straight, because it comes across almost like obsessive as well. Yeah, big time. I, I've experienced that for, for such a long time in my life. Like, training's always been such a such a a glue for me that holds a lot together but I can still operate at a very high level without my training but because it's so important to me I will find a way to make yeah. sure that it is there consistently so like when people say I know training consistently makes me feel incredible about myself it, it, it holds me together I, I ask the question well why are you not solving more problems in your life to make sure that training is a constant mm-hmm. and a consistent thing that you can contend with like yes sometimes it may be taken away but say when you feel like your mental well-being and your mental health is impacted so much by not focusing on your training and focusing on moving your body and nourishing yourself in the, the appropriate way why are you letting yourself get two three four five six months down the line without prioritizing it yeah. and having consistency with it like mm-hmm. to me that is just a form of self-torture and sabotage that is unnecessary mm. because essentially if that is if that is a priority to you and that's something that's going to keep you in line and that is something that you you're totally honest with yourself about that you need then ultimately i would be doing everything that i could to prioritize that thing like yeah. for me even just going out and drinking like i've got such a strong boundary in place with that because i know if i drink too much it just totally sets me off my performance isn't right mentally it's not right physically my recovery takes longer mm-hmm. i feel as though i can't give the best of myself i'm snappy so for me i don't like being that person so i choose wholeheartedly not to engage with it regularly yeah whereas like you've kind of said because of christmas this happens year round but christmas is obviously really bad for it mm-hmm. like the culture is that everyone should just go balls to the wall and forget all of their instinct and their intuition and their coping mechanisms and the things that make them feel good and forget their boundaries and it's such a it's a, such a toxic way to to look at a holiday that should realistically be painted with so much so much fulfillment and so much love and connection and self-respect yeah big time. but it's usually never that way for most people yeah because the thing is like we've always talked about the clients that win win and the ones that win kind of like going into the new year through navigating christmas but there's always going to be a higher portion of people that don't than yeah. do because yeah. At the same time, there's so many more people out there that are happy to keep their standards lower 
to buy into what everyone else is doing to lower themselves to to levels that make them feel like they're part of the crowd and make them feel enabled like it's acceptable like oh well they say it's okay because they're doing it so it's okay for me mm. that's a bullshit way to look at your fucking life if you get in the routine of looking at your life that way fuck knows where you're going to end up not only just with your body composition or your performance but your mental well-being that your circumstances your opportunities i think every single time that you take a, a, a specific approach to something in particular is the way that you start to habitually respond to things in other areas of your life and then before you know it, like that sort of mindset has just crippled you and swallowed you up and held you back from achieving so much. On the um, mental health aspect of it, obviously health is mental, physical, social. Yeah. And a big part of Christmas is connecting with friends, family, not the ones that you don't want to connect with, but the ones that you do want to connect yeah. with. And if you think, well, for me personally, if I think about when I have genuinely connected with people and, and felt that connection, it's not been when I'm pissed. No, <laughs> it's not when yeah. I'm pissed. I don't look back on any cherished memories when I've been bladdered. It's always when I've been sober, I've been genuinely having a good in-depth conversation face-to-face -face with people with no other substances involved. Yeah. Uh, if anything, like you'll probably know what this feels like, mate. Uh, see if you've ever been bloated in a club, right? And you're out with your mates and someone comes up to you and they're like, mate, how much is your PT, man? <laughs> I, really, I really want to work with you. I really want to get myself in good shape. I really, oh, honestly, mate, like I've been wanting to reach out to you for donkeys, man. And then, like that—that's a—that's a conversation that kind of grinds your gears more than it, it Aye, feels like a Because you follow up on the Monday and they're like, I don't know what Aye, you're talking about. Aye, no, exa well, exactly. Depressed on the Monday as well, and they don't Aye, want anything to do with you. They're, they're embarrassed about the chat. <laughs> they hit the fucking fear, like, oh no, yeah. is that telling this guy I want to work with him? I don't even want to work with him. I just—I was just talking pure shit. Yeah. But like those conversations, they actually grind on you more because you know people don't mean it. Yep. You don't—you know people aren't as, as sincere as they're talking. Or like if you've ever been in a relationship or you like the guy or you like the girl when you've met them and they're drunk and they're fucking pouring their heart out to you, then the next day they go dry and cold turkey on you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that is not meaningful connections. No. If anything, that's just a, it's a smokescreen. Yeah. And I honestly believe like after having a particular type of relationship with alcohol and also food throughout my life, seeing it from people that have been in my life and also the way that in which I've conducted myself with it at times, I honestly believe that the more control you have over it and the more you distance yourself from free, from feeling it's important to fit in and build connection, the greater the greater relationships and connections you will actually build. Yeah. And that goes for food as well, because how many people, when they're going out with their mates, just focus on going to the most calorically dense restaurant that they can? Well, I'm going out for food, so I'm going to make it count. You know what I mean? And instead of just sitting talking over a meal, they're fucking inhaling the thing, mm -hmm. inhaling it. Or, oh yes, this is the first time in months that we're getting everyone together because everyone's got kids now. It's very rare that we can do this. And then they, they aim to go out because they've got an eye for the kids and get absolutely bloated. So it's like, well, that night that we only get once every six months wasn't even that fun because yeah. you were fucking falling about <coughs> steaming blackout drunk. Yeah. You know, like that to me, like a lot of people will register when we're saying this out loud and they'll understand the stupidity of how that sounds, mm -hmm. but they'll do it anyway. And this is where the self-awareness has to come in that if you don't show yourself a little bit more respect by making better decisions year round, it's going to be more difficult during pressing situations like Christmas year round to make better decisions. Yeah. And I can see that Rooney wants to say something because he's tapping his toes. <laughs> I think I was just genuinely tapping my toes. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to read these non-verbal I know, I know. <laughs> the man that's got ADHD keeps us on our toes. I'm, I'm unreadable. <laughs> he's, unre he's unreadable. He's unreadable. Me, I can read you like a book. I know, I know you can. 
man, and it scares me. In Costco, when you were like, do you want me to take the trolley? I'm like, get out my head. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the bathroom, I texted mom, I'm like, mom, Jen's in my head, I don't like it. <laughs> so that's why you were so long in the bathroom? I could see the beads of sweat. And it's you know what it was? My palms were sweating so bad. I'm also married to somebody with ADHD, though, so I feel like I have that spidey sense. I'm like, See, to be fair, like, we actually, like, we sometimes refer to Rue as, like, our autistic son. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he actually comes across like it sometimes. And me and Jim were standing in Costco, and he'd taken a fucking lifetime to come out the toilet. And I started to think, I know jokes started to think that he'd got lost. Like, we would have to go to the fucking counter and be like, Where's Kevin? Can the announcement on, just calling Rue McCall. But then I'm like, he'll be in that much of panic, he won't even remember his fucking name. Sorry for anyone with uh, your phone's at Mark's big screen there because that'll have been painful. I did, I did Sorry, take a team. couple of deep breaths. I went in and I was like, all right, okay, you're good. <laughs> you're okay. <laughs> Paul, for context, refuses to go to Costco. Does he? He's been with me once and said, I am never, yeah. ever going back there Is again. Is that the time you went for your anniversary? <laughs> so we did go for our anniversary. To be fair, it was COVID, right? That makes him sound like such a cunt. Where, where did your husband take you for your anniversary? Costco. Costco. And I'll tell you one thing, best fucking anniversary of my life. I bet you probably was, The man knows me well. That's right up my street. I'm a simple woman of simple pleasures. Take me to Costco, I'm yours. Um... But it was during COVID and everything was shut. So we just went to Costco and bought a load of shit and I was happy as and a pig and shit. It was great and got a pizza. It was fucking brilliant. Um, but no, he's been with me twice. We've been once for our anniversary. Then we went again with his mum and dad. And his dad said the exact same thing. Don't ever fucking bring me back here again. So me and his mum just go to two years. <laughs> I don't want to go on my phone, but the message is to my mum. <laughs> go for it, grab your just phone. Want to get them up. Yeah, grab them. <laughs> I messaged her. She's so I thought he was kidding on as well. He's been she, serious. She's so, she's so supportive of as well. Bless her. <clears throat> gone, gone. First message is, Cokey, Costco, stressful place. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Cokey? I, I was a, it was a typo. I think, oh, it was, yeah. I think it was frantically <laughs> typing. I thought that was like the nickname <laughs> you had for your mum. I thought I'd call my mum. <laughs> Stressful place. Hiding in toilet as Mark and Jen do the shopping. Haha, <laughs> with that photo. <laughs> she goes, it's Costco. <laughs> Have fun. Gamify it. <laughs> Gamify it. <laughs> That's such a when mum response. Jen took the trolley off me. She could tell. <laughs> That's what I'm doing with my surgery this afternoon. Taking trolleys. <laughs> no, gamifying it. <laughs> That's the end of the conversation. I knew there was something going on in that toilet bag. Yeah. I was freaking out. Yeah. I'm masking it. Shockingly. <laughs> now you can understand. Rue gets stimulated by bright lights, new places, people. Yeah. <laughs> Jen said, <laughs> just say excuse me. <laughs> said excuse me. She's like, not like that. You'll get punched. <laughs> To be fair, you need to say excuse me in a very specific way when you're in Springburn. Aye. <laughs> excuse me, mate. Well, I would think I was like, excuse me. Aye, mate, you went squeaky. Yeah. It sounded like Will from the Amatinos. Where were you? I don't know what I was. miles ahead. Aye, that's because I was, I was stomping. I was, I was trying to create, I was trying to create like a, a bad distance so that we could get the trolley through. So we lied. The C word wasn't actually Christmas. It was Costco. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like at this time of the year, like there's 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 things that you need to categorically do for yourself on the lead up to Christmas. Things like one in your morning, like I know many people want to rest over Christmas and New Year, and as you should. But if you're off work or you're not resting the majority of the days anyway, if you don't get an extra opportunity to nap, give yourself an extra hour, maybe two hours in bed, but get up and one your morning like you usually would. The yeah. issue with many people over holidays like this is because they don't have the structure that they have when they're at work. Yeah, they don't create the structure. 
right? And it's just like weekends. That's why people fall down yeah. on weekends so much. Replicate the structure with the time that you have available to you. I'll be out Christmas morning like you last last year. I was out last Christmas. No, wait. Last year I was actually in the gym because it was open where I was. Year before that, I was uh, staying in Spain at the time and I went out run, went out like a 10 mile run. This year already said I was going to go out run a half marathon. So I'm glad you said that. So I'll see I you was Christmas morning. A race, oh, yeah. I was in Christmas Eve, aye. No, well, Christmas Day. I can't do it Christmas Day because I love my hair. Don't wide. be a gimp. We are doing it Christmas Day. Let's do it as a team. So we FaceTime and a half. I've got a 22 inch weave. I can't right. go well, we for a half marathon. Well, we all do it in Christmas Eve. I'll do one on Christmas Eve. You want to do a Zoom call as we do it? Aye. Yeah. Talk what test, is? talk test half marathon. Aye. Yeah, I was yeah. generally going to do it because I've said I didn't really enjoy the last half because of the pressure I raised, so I was going to just run one myself. Oh, and I'll be here. I could run with you. We could just both be in a call him. If you don't mind it taking you I'll sack my, I'll sack my real mum off and come up here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just tell my mum there's somebody else who's staying yeah. for Christmas. Mum, I'm going to my real parents. Uh, she, she got, oh, even the other day, I was like, oh, you can come back to uh, my mum and dad's after the, the training day, then we can just leave for, for the year for the, the night event. We've got a live event this weekend, guys, if uh, you're wondering what we're talking about. And uh, he was like, oh, I get to come meet my granny and grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, can I say that to them? And I was like, say what the, say what the fuck yeah, you want. Say what you want. Aye, really you want. Be Aye. But like, just like that, like the year before, went a run last year, went to the gym. I think I'd done like an hour and 15 minutes in the gym. I'd trained and I'd done like a Metcon. And I just feel so good for it. Like, I know I'm going to be racing because I'm not going to be working as much. I know that I'm going to have more time to nap if I'm a little bit more tired. I know that when I get up in the morning and I'm still working at that time where people categorically are not willing to put in the work because they're just thinking about when they're racing, it makes me feel so accomplished. And see the things that you find difficult that are the opposite of what you're currently doing and everyone else is doing. That's a lot of the time where the secret lies for how you can start to feel really empowered by yourself yeah big time like because when you do do things when other people aren't doing them you feel so empowered oh. like i was out a run yesterday and i did not see one other person yep. out a run not one person it was dark it was freezing it was raining i was the same this the morning wind. i seen one person I, the wind was mental and see even when you do see like one or two other people it's like you give them like a wee nod, nod. <laughs> I, a wee nod like see, I forgot to tell you, 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 you do the smile without the teeth as well paul said to me right he went out a run like last week or the week before and he was like, do people, are you supposed to say hi to the other people who are running? And I was like, aye, it's like a runner's thing. And he was like, well, I didn't know. He was like, because all these people kept running past me and looking at me and smiling and waving. And I was looking at them, like, who the fuck are you looking no, at? And I was like, like no, it's a, it's it's a runner's thing. And he was like, right, because he thought all these people were just waving at him. It's like a fucking code ethics. Your house is going to get, get like t- uh, toilet paper and egged and all that after all these runners. <laughs> we found out where that weekend lives. I know. He's just at them. The anti-social runner. Well, I was smiling at us. But like when you, you f- because the thing is, see, when you're out there alone, you're never really alone either. Yeah. There's so many other people around you that are doing it. Like even if you can't see them, there's other people out there that you might not be connected with, but have the same ethos, the same values, the same approach as you. Mm. So you're never alone. You're never alone. Like yeah. I know at least if I'm out there suffering at some stage, you're suffering somewhere else. You're suffering somewhere else. Yeah. Our clients are suffering somewhere else. The people that are on this journey to better themselves are out there suffering too. I'm not yeah. alone and there's no need for me to think that I'm alone. But so many people isolate themselves so much so and believe that the work that they're putting in is is unique yeah. in a sense as well. And sometimes that makes it less, less fulfilling. Yeah. And it makes it quite difficult for them to comprehend being consistent with it for a prolonged period of time yeah. because they don't understand that collective pain that everyone is going through because they probably don't connect with people who are also on that similar journey and i know for a very very long time i was the same i was a a pure lone wolf 
and I would do things all my own. But see, ever since I started surrounding myself with people who were very much on the same wavelength, not close to it, I mean, same wavelength, like valued the exact same things, wanted to speak about the same things, had the same sense of humor, like all of that sort of shit. That's when things really change because they aligned with my values so much so, but they were also willing to put in the fucking work that I was willing to put in. And it's rare to find people like that who are willing to put in that much effort and that much graft. But you do it together because you know what's on the other side of it and how yeah. fucking special it is. Yeah. Saw something on Instagram yesterday, which I really, really liked. And it was a runner. And he was like, <clears throat> do you think I'm fucking out here every day? Like, do you think I'm lying about being out here every day? Do you think I'm fucking chatting shit? He's like, this is my altar. It's like, this is my altar. I come here, I get my fucking bones. I lay down, yeah. I, I lay down my sacrifice and I get my bones. I was like, that is a fucking great way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. Like, because you do need to make sacrifices. That's 100%. exactly it. You're, you're not going to achieve shit all unless you sacrifice something. And like pain, that's a sacrifice. You're sacrificing feeling comfortable to feel that pain and put yourself through that pain as a sacrifice, but you're going to get a reward from it. And then also like what you were saying there about running and other people are going to be going through that pain, even though you can't see them. I actually really like that feeling of isolation. Oh, so really yeah. like that that's why I don't like running like big races. No, I'm like, this I, know, is shit. I, I love the isolation as well, but I think it's so good just knowing that other people are in that eye because that isolation I like to think of almost like as the trenches or the heart locker the heart the, yeah like the heart locker the pain cave I like to think mm -hmm. of it as that and it's the, the time and the day that you have to spend in there alone because you do have to not spend it alone just physically you need to spend time alone in there mentally and emotionally but it's good knowing that other people are prepared to do that same thing yeah, to be 100%. able to isolate themselves you know and, and, and put themselves into that mm -hmm. pain cave for me it's like it's the same as when I do my cold dips in the sea I, yeah. I much prefer my cold dips in nature and in the sea because, and especially at the sea over a river, because I'll go in and I just literally, it sounds weird, I'll stare out to sea when I'm floating in it. I just think, I am so small and so <laughs> insignificant. You're like a wee bit skinny. I am so small and so insignificant, but that's actually such a comforting thought for me. You're a minuscule nothing, of dust in this universe. Nothing. Man. And it puts things in perspective and it makes me think that like my issues and my struggles that I'm going through right now, yes, they hold weight to me, but in the grand scheme of things, like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, you need to zoom it out. Takes, it takes it off your shoulders. Yeah. It allows, exactly that. It allows you to zoom out and just feel a little bit more sane. <laughs> like like yeah. feel human yeah. again. Like I, I love that. And that's why like I'm so big on just getting to nature. Like get into nature, get into some greenery. It's been shown to be massively yeah. beneficial for your mental health. Never fails your lets you down yeah. ever. Yeah. Even just having greenery in your house yeah. has been shown to be massively beneficial. That's why I have for one you. big green wall in my living room that you see in the day. <laughs> <laughs> just it's a peaceful colour. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like being in nature, being no. there is just calming. Nothing to do with the fact that you're a fucking silly fan. Well, <laughs> that's just a happy coincidence. <laughs> Guys, before we round off, let's do one tip each that you would strongly advise oh, someone to shout. follow over Christmas time. Because we've shared a lot here anyway, but Rue. No, let me think. Okay. That Jen. was actually, <laughs> that was the next thing I was going to say. So a system that I've put in place, like with, with your advice and guidance, and I've kind of tiered it for myself, is when it comes to choosing what I do, I categorise it as high ticket, mid ticket, low ticket. Yeah. So I will give myself like three to five high ticket events. Yep then the rest will be like, is this mid ticket or low ticket, right? So I'm going three to five high ticket. Me and Paul have got three, we've got two overnights and then we're doing um, two nights in Galway in January. So that's three high ticket events for me. 
And then we've got like a day out, we were pals, and then we've got Christmas Day. Yep. So for me, they're my high ticket events. And at a high ticket event, I'm not really a big that big a drinker anyway because I cannot handle the scandal. Like I went to Newcastle for my pal King's 30th on Saturday for the day. Me and Callie were in our bed for 10 o'clock and we have been struggling this entire week with the like tiredness training like the two is or like how the fuck like we're showing up absolutely shit to train and we're getting it done but like my body's aching like I cannot fucking handle it anymore because I'm an old bastard she chose the week as well to join the program I know I know <laughs> silly so, cunt <laughs> I know so like that's been a struggle so even when I do drink in all honesty after about five drinks I'm bored there anyway and that'll be that um, but they're my high ticket events where I won't I won't track or really like yeah, think yeah. about what I mean anything like that anything I'm drinking so I'll have the five high ticket events the good thing about this is because you give yourself freedom and flexibility you eat and drink, drink really intuitively so you're not fucking going for it let's get as much in me as I can or I need to watch and restrict yep. it's totally intuitive and whatever I want to have then I'll have mid-tier events, which is I do actually want to go to this thing or I do feel like I should at least make an appearance of some sort mm. um, because I care about the person or or I, care, I want to see these people and spend time with them. However, it's not high ticket. So for those ones, I would either not drink at all and drive or I'll set like a three drink limit and I'll pre-choose the food that I'm going to eat from yeah. the menu in advance. Um, low ticket events, I don't go. Yeah. Low ticket people, I don't go. If I've not seen you since last Christmas, there's literally no fucking point in me seeing you. Um, so low ticket events are just a, sorry, I'm busy, can't make it. Yep. And then the days that I don't have anything on, I really like to put in as much time as possible as I can to just get a day where I got up in the morning, I have my normal routine, I'll go and train, I'll have something to eat, lie on the couch, watch a movie. Do fuck all. Go for a walk, do fuck uh, all. But on those days, my routine is completely the same. So I will track my food. And this isn't tracking my food to try and under eat or buy back calories. It's none of those things. It's just because it keeps my brain familiar with what I'm working on right now because I'm still in a weight loss journey. Yep. So it keeps. it's not with the intention of I need to lose weight over Christmas. That's not my intention. I would like to maintain over Christmas. I would be, I would be really happy with that. But that will help me to feel mentally still engaged with what I'm doing so that I don't risk binge eating and start January going, oh my God, I'm a fucking stone heavier how has this happened yeah. so that's my routine so on those days where I don't have plans or events or it's just me and Paul in the house or whatever and then because I've got more time on those days I'll get really experimental, experimental with my cooking yeah. so I've been doing tons of fakeaways recently and I've been loving that so I'll cook as a nice meal that I can track that I'm in control of makes me feel good so high ticket mid ticket low ticket and then on your days where you don't have anything on your normal structure but use the time you would be at work to do something fun and yeah. engaging and don't forget your coping mechanisms they still need to be there 100 100 percent. and i've got the exact same stuff in place and my high ticket are christmas day but i won't be drinking new year's eve and new year's day yep and to be fair i'm in amsterdam for three days right before christmas as well but i'll still be training when i'm away i actually default to two meals anyway yeah because i enjoy like a late breakfast like kind of brunch type idea then i like and enjoy a dinner same. plus in a city i never get taxis i walk everywhere especially amsterdam if you've never been to amsterdam you can walk everywhere yeah. to get the tram Lovely. but i will literally walk we're the same everywhere. we go everything's walkable aye, it's great aye so I, that's a rule for me as well so <laughs> and in amsterdam i'm not going to be drinking that much like it's just going to be nice to be able to get away so i'm not even counting that because i know that i'm going to be in control yeah so Rue, what's yours i think it's understanding what jen said at the start and it's like 
Christmas doesn't have to be fucking lovely for everybody. And yeah. like for me this year, it's, it's, I'm looking forward to spending time with my family, with my girls and seeing people and giving presents, but it's going to be somewhat, <clears throat> somewhat emotional for all of us. And I know there's certain people within the program as well. It's going to be emotional for as well. And, and for everyone, like, like lots of people around the world, it's not just all fun and games at Christmas. Yeah. And it's removing that pressure from having to think that you have to have that fun and have to feel that way yeah. and i think as soon as you try to make yourself have like love it or have the same christmas as you had before then that's fake fun and it's yeah. it's it's not as tainted so it's have your un- own definition of fun yeah, fun like- for me is clearing out my cupboards doing a jigsaw and going to the bingo <laughs> so you're damn fucking right that's how i'm spending my time but off. a lot of people don't know how but the funnest that could be another topic for another day yeah <laughs> yeah just understand it's it's christmas is what christmas is for you and it doesn't have to be all sunshine and rainbows yeah and i would say and i'm talking to you cunts out there in fact this is on the podcast they can't even see me pointing (laughs) the camera (laughs) just in case case this turns into a reel i'm talking to you i'm talking to you if you um want to change next year and you want to go into next year evolving and ultimately trying to make this a year where you actually make substantial change for yourself i want you over christmas to decide the type of person that you would like to be in the new year how would they make choices in these situations would they get up at the same time that they normally do every day to create and set a structure would they put boundaries in place still over a very social period and would they uphold the promises they made to themselves what type of person do you want to be and see if that person is someone that you identify as is very disciplined and resilient and is very forthcoming and responsive in a very like um, intelligent way during high pressured situations and challenges during social situations, then make a better decision. And I would actually I would actually demand from you, or better yet, you demand from yourself that over the Christmas period you go over and above and do more for yourself this year than you've ever done before. Yeah. Because if you can prioritize yourself during this time and see how easy it is, then ultimately you're going to see how easy it is when we enter the new year, when things actually, to be honest, usually feel quite easy. Yes, you've got the blues from Christmas. It's the January blues, you're back to work. You maybe don't get paid till the end of January, so you've had to wait five or six weeks without a pay if you're getting paid early before Christmas and all that sort of stuff. But how many people are then doing dry January? And you jump on the bandwagon with, right? See if that's something that you usually enter into the year with and you know that you're not doing anything in January. Capitalize on it before and over Christmas, not mm-hmm. after, yeah. right? Because that is how you build momentum and that's how you get ahead. And remember what I said, the only way that you can get ahead of people is if you're willing to do things that other people are not willing to do. Yeah. So that is my advice. Love that. Bam. What a place to end. Yep, Boom. done. I've not done a mic drop moment in a while. <laughs> Can't remember, these mics are too expensive. But remember, I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> I was just pointing at the camera again. We're going to have to do like a YouTube here so people can watch it on YouTube. I just feel like I pointed the camera so we many times. We could actually just upload this to YouTube. Aye, fuck it, why not? YouTube channel incoming. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's round off there, guys. Rue, say bye to the guys. See you, team. Jen. Over now. So it's usually just me and you saying bye, so I, I feel know. like it's quite, quite weird. <laughs> so, quite weird bringing this to a conclusion. But anyway, guys, we'll see you next time. Over bye. now.